we're heading into uncharted territory. Will we be charting a course to WrestleMania, or will the coronavirus claim another victim? WWE is, still has the Performance Center. What's AEW going to do? We discuss all this and more on this week's Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. You might as well listen. It's not like you can go anywhere, so crack one open with me and enjoy the show. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Media Junkies. You can catch up on all of our previous episodes in our archives. You can also find (laughs) information about our show and interact with our podcast on our Twitter and Instagram at LiveYourGimmick. That's L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-E. Where I just had a conversation today with somebody about Bastion Booger. It was great. You can also Ooh. catch Michael and I on Media Chunky's flagship, the Fanboy Fight Club podcast. Just search and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, and a whole lot more. If you do happen to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star review and make sure you comment on how you like the show. They look at that thing, that type of thing favorably. I did get a chance to sit down with Connor, a.k.a. OK Fabe. Absolutely one of the nicest guys I've talked to. I'm a huge fan of his show on Fight.TV and also a fan of what he's been doing to, to further the wrestling community. So you'll get to hear that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I am the self-proclaimed voice of Media Junkie. Featured on tonight's show, we have Le Historian Kevin. And, of course, our Saturday night making a Friday night appearance, Snarkitect. Michael, what's going on, fellas? You know, really should stop calling him Saturday night Snarkitect because we never record on Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I don't oh, know what you could. Why are you texting me? God damn it. It's it's in the script, though, so I like Ron Burgundy it every time. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like Jason said, there's nothing else to do for probably the next few weeks. Go back and yeah. listen to all of our episodes. Right. Yeah. yeah. You'll get, you'll no, get a laugh. That'll make you want to go out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> that'll make you want to go get the coronavirus. Yeah, Just yeah. so you don't have to listen to us anymore. <laughs> wow. Way, way to shit on our product, guys. Hey, <laughs> last week I buried you. This week I buried the entire fucking show. <laughs> Strap in, kids. Oh, God. All right. So this week, I, I thought we'd talk a little bit about, since, you know, the coronavirus obviously is the, the hot topic of, of everybody. And, you know, I know for, for me being that I work for a phone company, we're considered a utility. So I got the information today that no matter what happens, we're not fucking shutting down. So I'm going to work every day. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man, I, but I don't want to hear it. I work for a fucking print shop that just accepts packages for FedEx. And we got an email saying, oh, well, we've been told that it's okay to accept packages from, you know, infected areas. So <laughs> have fun. It's yes, like, oh, cool. Thanks. Well, from what yes, I know, so- the virus, it can't be passed through a package. So, <laughs> yes, and I often wonder. They don't know enough about the, about the virus yet, or they would have fucking found a cure for it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, my boss called like an emergency meeting a couple of days ago, and, you know, I work for a coatings company, and we—I mean, we manufacture and ship stuff like all over the world, everywhere. So, 
Um, he put like an immediate ban on all of our field techs from traveling, jail people from traveling. Um, so yeah, just oh, it's been a weird, weird week. It has been a weird, weird week, and it has also affected the wrestling world, right? So, the, the really Monday Night Raw went off without a hitch, and that, that was kind of when all this was kind of first starting, right? So there was a lot of speculation coming out about what was going to happen throughout the rest of the week. AEW decided to still do their show that they had scheduled for Wednesday night, which they were in, man, where were they? It was Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. City. Yeah, so out in Utah. And then, uh, but WWE decided to move SmackDown, for, or not SmackDown, NXT from Full Sail to the Performance Center. Now, they did have a small audience in attendance, so some of the Orlando fans still got to see the NXT show, but it was definitely in a smaller venue. Yeah, I don't so, think that was though, because of like they chose to do that. I think Full Sail closed down because a lot of the universities and stuff are shutting down for a few weeks for like an extended spring break until things calm down, and a lot right, of them, like yeah. going to online courses only. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, so a little bit different, right? And then of course today SmackDown aired in a completely empty arena at the Performance Center. I know I, I got to watch a couple of the matches before we started recording, and I, I know you guys have watched a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on that so far? Oh, I'm I'm saving mine for the hot and cold because oh, I have so much to say about this SmackDown. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's kind of one of those things you kind of got to do what you got to do. Um, right. But I thought that you know. Having Triple H out there, even though he's even admitted he's not the best at commentating, I think he did a really good job of oh, just yeah. helping out somewhat with the show. But I mean, that's got that's got to be so difficult. And even like he said, that you train and base your whole career off of like at least wrestling in front of somebody <laughs> that's right. either cheering or booing or cussing you or something. So it's just a very weird situation. What, what, what they what should about, have done is they should have had Triple H and Michael Cole just scream absurd. He's at the talent for the entire episode. <laughs> I mean, but they did some good things. Like Triple H, like Michael Cole sitting there, and Triple H wasn't sitting there next to him anymore. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "What are you doing?" And Triple H is holding the camera, and he's like, "What? We're short staff, Cole. I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to help out." <laughs> so. I, I thought maybe, what about the idea of having, like, the performers in the audience, right? Like, they're watching each other. and oh, each other Just have the NXT fucking uh, guys and, and, and ladies, like, be the crowd. And they can just yell absurdities at the talent and be right. like, fuck you, SmackDown, yeah. we're better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be an interesting concept, right? Just to have something. I, I don't know what would be better, having the empty arena or having... But it would be weird because, you know, that's totally breaking storyline and... and before mania especially it'd be a little strange my favorite thing though was uh when uh during the bailey and sasha match oscar had come out and interfered and shoved um i think she shoved alexa bliss into the steps and uh <laughs> triple h goes i i didn't see her i didn't see her she must have blended in with the crowd <laughs> like, yeah I mean, but like Daniel Bryan coming out and like trying to do a yes chant and stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, like, I like Jeff, Nick, Nikki Cross was clapping her hands trying to get the crowd going. Well, yeah, oh, she's yeah. stomping on the stairs. And, yeah. And then fucking, you hear uh, Sasha go, like, oh yeah, someone cheer for this girl. <laughs> yeah. Like Jeff Hardy goes to the corner rope or whatever and does his thing, like, to yeah. nobody. <laughs> right. That's so. funny. Yeah, I can't wait to watch some of that. So I definitely want to see more. I want I want to really give it my attention, but my kids were being like fucking crazy, so I had to <sighs> fucking I don't know. 
don't ever have kids. Anyway, uh, moving on. So, <laughs> so this is all led to this is all kind of led to one question that I had, and and there's been a lot of rumors. There's been a lot of um, a it lot of take on this. But what if Mania gets postponed or shut down, like everything else has? I mean, Mar- March Madness completely canceled, right? Not even postponed, just canceled. The start I'm, of the MLB season seems like it's going to be in jeopardy. Then you also have the uh, the NBA completely suspended right now with with it unclear of when that's going to come back. And the XFL, the rest of their season has been completely completely chalked as well. So you know we we don't we have I'm, we have a lot of stuff. Go ahead, Kev. I, I, I'm sorry. I I just I'm kind of shocked. Well, I guess I'm not shocked being that it's the WWE, but like I'm really shocked that it has not been. Not canceled, but at least postponed. Oh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked at Just, all. It's fucking Vince McMahon. Like, he's like a child. Yeah. He's like, I get what the fuck I want. Yeah. I, I want just, WrestleMania, damn it. You, you know what I mean? Like, as far as, I mean, you talk about, like, a gathering of, you know, international fanfare. Mm. I mean, besides the Super Bowl and then, obviously, you know, things like the World Cup and there's some other things here and there, but, like, WrestleMania is that event where like people come from all over, and they say it every year. We have people from over a hundred and some countries. So for something like that to at least at least not be, you know, delayed. I mean, like I'm not a fan of like them just canceling, you know, like March Madness. Like let's let's postpone it for two weeks. And yeah, let's, see like, like, let's see where we're at in two weeks. I, I feel like canceling some of this stuff is a huge overreaction. And and yeah. I get I get that they're trying to stop us the spread of, of this virus. I like I totally understand that to a certain point. But at the same time, do people still gotta live their lives? Like, I mean, this this is like I get that people with weakened immune systems, older people and stuff like that are can be affected by this and they can even die from it. I totally understand that. But the same can be said if you have the flu or even the common cold. And it just seems like it just seems like we're making a huge deal over something that if you get, it may not even be that big of a deal. And I get that they're trying to avoid what's happening over across seas right now with like, you know, I I think Italy, for instance, has a big problem where they have tons of elderly people in the hospital and they just don't have enough bodies to care for them. So I understand like where they're trying to do, but I feel like it's it's almost in a way going to be much to do about nothing because I think it's it's going to spread itself anyway. And we're just almost delaying the inevitable of what's going to happen. Like we're almost stretching it out to the point where people are still going to get it regardless. I feel like it's it's spread so well, big at I this think point. It's been around, I think it's honestly it's been around for a longer than we've Longer than we realized. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could have been, I mean, honestly, from a personal experience, back in like October, I came down with a really bad sickness for two days and everything I had was like symptoms of the coronavirus. Yeah, like, when I was uh, when I was sick last month, that like I had the shortness of breath, the horrible fever. I had every single symptom that they talked about. Like I literally could have had it. Yeah. So it's like okay, you know what I mean? Like uh, and and but at the time they weren't really testing for it, and they weren't really, you know, it's not like they were quarantining people for it or anything like that. But I mean, it's definitely possible. I guess I don't know if there's a way yeah. I could get tested after the fact, but I mean, I feel like I checked that box. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, like I said, I agree with a lot of suspending this and delaying this and that as far as like flat out canceling stuff well let's and i understand people are just kind of like 
that, that that's their first reaction. You don't know mm-hmm. what to do. You're not sure what to do. Um, but maybe come back and say, okay, I know we said we canceled, but we're gonna relook at it in however long. So I think if anything, that's what Mania needs to do. Like, you know, hey, as right as right now, we're gonna move it to, you know, May. But but so, let's. So here's the problem. This isn't something that's gonna just be like a couple months and, and done. It's gonna be around for at least six or seven months, if not longer. I don't know and, about that because flu, the flu viruses and stuff like that usually tend to go away. Once well, this isn't just summer. like a normal flu virus. This is a different strain of the same thing that would be like SARS. Like, it's not something that just like, oh, it's the flu bug going around for a couple months. No, it's it's still a bigger deal than the flu. Yeah, it's if you're not old and you don't have a compromised immune system, it's not a big deal. But at the same time, like, I get why they're canceling things for two reasons. One, because, yeah, people need to live their lives, but... Going to sports ball games and events and concerts, that's not, that's extra. That's not living your life. That's going and doing other th- like things on top of that. So those aren't necessities. You could, you should, I have no problem with people being like, you should still go to the store. You should still go do this and that, but you don't need those things um, necessarily. And two, all these like, like events are all on a certain schedule every year consistently. So if you push those back, that will then affect the following year's schedule. So if, say, they said, okay, we're going to wait it out and just wait for everything to blow over, and then we're going to start back up with, uh, like, say, NHL. I know NHL uh, canceled their season. Uh, we're going to start back up. Well, if it takes six, seven months before this blows over, and then they start, that's going to instantly like cut into the next season because at that point they would have been near the end of their season. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm agreeing, like – like everything needs to be like I'm just saying like hey we're going to constantly reevaluate so like if in you know um, like the NBA they're going to reevaluate in 30 days if if shit's still hitting the fans okay then you got to just put like but the kibosh it, so when it, when is Russell what what's the date for WrestleMania April 6th okay yes. so I can I can understand though why they haven't made this decision yet because when you when you look at it my kids are going back to school April 5th and the NBA will start talking about that's when they're going to start talking about re like bringing back their, their games and stuff like that around that same time. So for them not to postpone it, and not cancel it right now, I can understand that because it's not happening this week or next week. It's happening in April when everybody's talking about, okay, we're going to start doing this again. Now, Kevin, I do agree with you. I think that the, the, um, I think really the the danger with WrestleMania is the fact that you do have people coming from everywhere from all over. And you know that that in itself does create a bit of a problem because if you are trying to stop this from spreading, if you are trying to kind of slow this down, inviting a whole bunch of people from around the world into the country, um you know if they're coming from areas that are especially if they're coming from like China or Japan, Italy, uh any of these countries if they've been exposed to it, that that can be a huge problem. No, I want to bring something up. This is kind of like somewhat non-wrestling, but like as far as with the coronavirus, let's say you get it. Now, can you easily attract it again, or is it like a one-and-done thing? I don't I think they know enough about it. I, they don't know enough about it, but from the way it sounds, like it almost seems like one of those things where your immune system, assuming you're not someone like older with a compromised immune system, would build up like an intolerance. So if you did, it would be okay. as bad. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. But they, yeah, they don't have enough research on it yet to like really solidify. Like, oh yeah, if you get it, okay. it's like chicken box, one and done kind of thing. Or yeah, right. yeah I got you. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's where I'm like, I, you know, the main thing is it's definitely like okay, 
for the love of God, people, just just wash your hands at least. <laughs> right. <laughs> so oh, many but see, here's here's the thing that actually solidifies why I understand all these places like canceling shit. I went and I, I was at Subway today getting dinner, and dude walks in after me, and luckily I was already like fishing up and ringing out. This dude, one, his hair was greasy as fuck, and two, he smelled like he hasn't showered in three days, <laughs> and he was just hanging all over the fucking counter. So the fact that there's people like that who exist and just do that in general, let alone when there's something like this going on, I, I don't fucking blame them at all for oh, that shit. Well, and how no. about that Utah Jazz player? The guy, what was, uh, I forget the guy's Go name. Bear. Go Bear. Rudy yeah, Go Bear. He, he found out that he had it and then went into the press room and was touching the microphones and touching like every, like he was putting his germs on shit purposely and in the locker room and stuff like that. And then he got half his team sick. Yeah. I mean, that, like people just being well, stupid well, like that is another reason why this can be an issue. And going like Mike's point, like literally yesterday on my lunch break, I went into a um, a Goodwill store, look around. I was leaving, getting in my car, driving away, and literally there's this guy and his like guest girlfriend. And if anybody's ever been to Streetsboro, Ohio, you know most of the people that what they look like in Streetsboro, Ohio. So anyway. <laughs> So I the answer to that question is trashy. Shout out, shout out to all, shout out to our listeners in Streetsboro, Ohio. Hope yeah, well, I, having a great day. Yeah, I guarantee none of them own a smartphone or know what know hey, what man, podcast. They probably they probably still have their Obama phones. <laughs> I'm sure Boost Mobile is still a thing. I mean, if you go to the ghetto, there's a Boost Mobile on every. Well, it's corner. not. No, I wouldn't say it's ghetto. It's more like anyway. Um, literally, literally, anyway, literally, see this guy sneeze into his bare hand three times, and then open the door, oh, open Jesus. the door up that I literally just like opened up twenty minutes earlier. So right, right there, and you're just like, I'm never touching a door again. <laughs> I'm never. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I get. I it. mean, people, and, th- and Jason, think about it for us. Like the Utah Jazz, we're in Cleveland. Four days before you and I were in Cleveland. Now I know this doesn't like, right? Not anywhere near the queue, but who's to say that somebody that was at that game or you know knew somebody that was at that live event that we were at? That's what's scary about this virus. That's right, is. folks. You heard it here first. Both of them are affected. So next week's episode is just going to be one dude, one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that will not keep me from. <laughs> right yeah yeah even if i'm quarantined at my home i can still talk through a microphone so <laughs> oh my god so, how great would be i mean sometimes it'd be nice to just <laughs> the quarantine podcast yeah oh <laughs> coming to you live from a quarantine i'm, I'm thinking about, i'm thinking it's about a gimmick it. minute wrestling podcast i'm just thinking about just being left alone for 14 days <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kevin shit. just wants to be by himself. Um, yeah, anyway, talk about the coronavirus. I, I do want to bring up because you didn't bring it up after you talked about it in your little intro. Um, yeah, WWE has performance center, but I'm pretty sure that uh, AEW has already announced that they're moving their next two shows down to uh, Jacksonville to whatever stadium that the rich dude who owns it. Oh owns. yeah. yeah. Oh, so they're going to perform inside the Jaguar Stadium. I think no. so. Or so, something that he owns down in, in Jacksonville. I don't know what it was, okay. but it was essentially I, I, yeah. both shows are getting moved down there with very limited audience um, allowed in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I will look it up uh, where that actually is. So. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for keeping up to date on that. I'm glad uh, 
Look at you doing a re- doing research. I mean, it wasn't really research. I, I had the day off. It was cold outside and snowing, so I just kind of watched YouTube videos all day. Mike, Mike's, such, Mike's such a closet mark for AEW. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Uh, oh, man. So, I don't know. Like, not enough story for me to be that much of a mark. All right. So, I, I guess, uh, real quick, just to kind of wrap it up, right? Um, what What do you feel... What do you feel they should do, right? I, well, so right now there's a 30-day travel ban to Europe and I think a, a couple other countries, I'm not percent sure. Um, so theoretically, a good majority of the, of the countries wouldn't be able to have travelers come in from India. While I think it would be smart to move Mania to a later date, I think it would fuck the wrestling business in the ass in two ways. One, you now have to either wrap up all these storylines or find a way to not beat them to death for the next three months until you put it on mania or in two, there are so many like indie promotions and like other wrestling companies that thrive on the business that comes from WrestleMania week. And they'll like get like rent out the different like smaller arenas in the area and stuff. And if you have yeah, money, you go away. On top of that, all the hotels and like it's like an entire like economy of like right, huge yeah. money involved. So if you cancel WrestleMania or move it, it fucks a lot of people in that yeah, area. Um, and, so and that's like, why. And that's why, like, you, you know, you, you say, oh, Vince McMahon's greedy, but really, it's not It's not just Vince. I mean, he, he well, well, has well, all that to consider because... Well, well, here's the thing, though. Vince doesn't care about any of the other things. He that's, is not, that's, that's not He true. doesn't care about any promotions. You can't... You don't fucking know Vince McMahon. You can't say what he cares about and what he doesn't care about. He has relationships with these cities. He has relationships with the people well, Yeah, with there. the cities he wants, and like he wants that, that, but not, yeah, like, the but, indie pro. She's not like, oh, yeah, I really no, hope that, but, that I don't he, cancel so ROH can have their super event. But he understands, and and yeah, he I get he's that, but he understands that how much money and how much revenue that does bring in for the city and all the local businesses yeah, and everything. Around it. It. And those are the people that are going to get affected more than anything. Mm-hmm. WWE will survive, but man, like you know, these businesses and stuff like that, that and these hotels that are looking at these big paydays, that's going to hurt them. Same thing. Oh, yeah. It's almost like the Super Bowl coming to your town. Yeah, like I agree. He'll definitely look at it from a business standpoint of, oh, this is going to affect all the businesses in the area. But he's not looking at the indie promotions or anything. No, like that. and uh, why? And why should he? I mean, these guys are leeching. Well, no, off. I'm just, I'm just specifying because your argument was like, you don't know Vince McMahon. He cares. I'm like, he don't fucking care about indie promotions. He cares about the business that he creates, but not about the fucking indie promotions. Yeah. I and and that's fine, but he he shouldn't have to care about the indie promotions. I don't think he should. I never said he should. I'm they just, should, they, should just... Find, they should find their own fucking weekend. <laughs> All right, all right. So we'll move on from this. Uh, or Kevin, what do you what do you think? They should postpone it, or they or shut it down, or just just keep keep it going. It's keep it going for now until we learn more. I'm like fifty fifty on it. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly think the right thing to do is to um postpone it, honestly, and not cancel it, but postpone it. Um, we'll reevaluate in this X amount of days or whatever. Um, I think that'd be the right thing to do. So, so then here's my question before we move on. If they postpone Mania, say they do it in June or July, do you think that they should have these big matches like Cena and Bray and Goldberg and Roman and all that 
payoff on either SmackDown or Raw for like Edge and uh, Randy, or do you think that they should just leave it as is and keep building it until Mania and hope that like Cena doesn't have a movie he has to go do? I think it, I guess it would be a play by your basis, and 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 honestly, I I think I really don't think they should do anything right now. I think the idea is to stay packed because, like I said, if the NBA is going to come back around that time in May, schools are going to be back in session. Then maybe we just go ahead and do it, right? I mean, there's no guarantee well, well, that the stores well, are going to be that things are going to be back in session. There's yeah. not, but, but, but we should have a, but we should have a be- but we should have a better idea two weeks from now, and that's still enough time to to postpone it or or do whatever. So I, I don't think they should do anything yet, but maybe in a couple of weeks reevaluate well, honestly, yeah. where the country is and what's going on and then make a decision with what they want to do. I don't think Vince is going to have an option in it because he might not. Everything the governor, I the governor, the governor and really it's not going to be Vince's choice. It's going to be the governor of Florida's choice. I know. If I, let me fucking finish. Talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. I was going to talk about the fact <laughs> that yesterday they held an entire like town hall like meeting where about canceling everything in Tampa for 30 days. Well, mania would take place before the 30 day mark. So like Vince was actually there mm-hmm. and apparently like they talked about everything else, all the other sporting events and like concerts and all that about canceling those. And then they, the end were like, we'll revisit WrestleMania in a week. And it's, it almost right. like it was one of those things where like, it almost felt like either WWE and Vince was like, don't, don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. And they either took it as, Oh, you want to announce it yourself. You don't want it to, to be us or is just like you're not gonna fucking cancel this and like is really trying hard to make sure they they don't have to move from that april 5th date because yeah and so everything else for 30 days but you don't cancel wrestlemania that means that you you've got like some extensive talks with vince mcmahon going on at this point to try to keep with, that. and without a doubt and back to the point of the revenue too they're not stupid they know how much mm-hmm. revenue they stand to lose if that event doesn't go on if, if they don't have a concert go on yeah, I mean, they might miss out on a little bit of money, but, th- but they're not like going to have nearly the audience that maybe. Yeah, you're not going to have the the hundred and eighty thousand or whatever inflated number they're going to fucking spit out of an empty arena. Um, I think but, I think we need to get like, our, our priorities in line. I think we need to worry about the poor people that could face are going to face really bad financial hardships. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm talking about just people that, you know, what if, you know, families that work to, you know, husband and wife both have to work to survive and they're, you know what I mean? Like they don't get paid for time off or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I just. No, yeah, definitely. I just, you know, I, don't, I know this has nothing to do with wrestling. I'm just trying to put it in perspective that, you know, hey, McMahon, like. Let's not risk. <laughs> right. Just because you want to make your millions or Tampa Bay, you want to make your millions stuff, you know what I mean? You could be potentially, you know, what if something happens to where this person is affected to that person, that well, person. And... The, the, the good news for, for Tampa is they're already infected. So, like, there's nothing that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, worse. that's true. The problem is that all those people who come to Tampa are then going to spread out across the globe. Right. <laughs> and spread right. it like herpes. Exactly. Unless it's all gone by the time they get there. Because, you know, uh, I, I doubt that it's going to be It comes in and comes out, right? <laughs> oh. All right. So we'll, we'll go ahead and put a pin in this and we'll move on. We'll start talking about hot cold. But before that, I'd like to get to my interview with OK Fabe. 
Now, Mike did. Uh, I had some audio issues with this interview, um, and I wanted to know if it was on my end or if it was the whole thing, and then we were going to redo it. But I had Mike kind of splice it together, and he went and listened to it and said that uh, everything came through fine on the audio. He said there were some times that I sounded like I what was going on. Uh, I think Kevin is like secretly just masturbating to your voice in the background. It sounds like it. Um, so he, he Mike said that there were a few times where I sounded like an interesting conversation. I want to I want to definitely drive the home the fact home that that is not the case at all. So what happened was there were, there were times where I just couldn't hear him at all, and I wasn't sure if my audio had cut out or if he was done talking. So I just kind of gave like a general like uh, kind of thing to to transition on, hoping that he had already made his point. Now, when you listen back to it, if you hear that, that's all that that was. Uh, definitely a great conversation. He has a great show on Fight TV. Uh, it's also uh, he also takes the audio, makes it into a podcast, and uh, he has, he's been doing a lot with the wrestling community. He's actually only been a fan, and he'll tell he'll talk about this in um, in the show or in the interview. But he's actually only been a fan since the year 2000 like he joined the wrestling community kind of at a time right before it was like a terrible place to be and uh he still kind of managed to to hold on and did a deep dive into the history and knows a ton about it so uh definitely check this interview out i think you really enjoy it all right we'll get back to the show in just a few this week i had the pleasure to interview a man who is putting a ton of work to grow in a ton of work into growing the wrestling community like me you may be one of his over 4,000 Twitter followers. Maybe you're one of his close to 8,000 YouTube subscribers. You might even have seen a show on Fight TV or listened to him on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Making his gimmick minute debut for our interview segment, I have Connor, a.k.a. OK Fabe. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you this evening? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I'm glad we were finally able to make this work. There's been a lot of back and forth and... Um, you know, we both have families and lives and they seem to keep getting in the way. <laughs> God, they always get in the way. No, I, I know it always stinks. Especially lately, like I've been trying to do, you know, we're trying to do a lot of like, different shows and trying to like, you know, sp- you know, get on other people's platforms to kind of like, help, you know, cross promote and everything. And I feel bad. Like one of them, I was sick. The other ones I passed out. It's just like, especially with us, it's like, Oh, we'll try this one. We'll try this one. We'll try this one. It's like in 2020, it's going to happen. It's going to happen one way or the other in the year. I don't know what day, but it's going to happen. So I'm glad it was today. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm glad it worked out. And if anybody understands that type of thing, it's mine. I have two little girls, so I completely get it. It's, it, it's, you know, you, you, you have your roles in, in life, but being a dad is the most important, right? Yep, I got a son and a daughter, so yep, I know exactly what it's like. <laughs> All right. So if you're new to the show, uh, we use this interview segment to put a spotlight on wrestling fans who are using their voice to help grow the wrestling community. So we're going to talk a little bit about what makes you a fan and also get into your podcast. But first, the the first question I ask everybody, it's the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we need to know what made you a wrestling fan. So it's funny when I tell the story, and, and bear with me if it's a little on the long side, but I, I basically became a fan by accident. And what, what I mean, what happened was my mother at the time, she worked for, so I'm from the Boston, Massachusetts area. And my mother used to work for uh, Freedom of Women's Hospital, which is one of the big premier uh, hospitals in, in Boston. And what they would do is they would kind of, every so often, they would have special tickets for certain shows. And one of them happened to be SmackDown. Now, I was never a fan. This is this is around the year 2000. I was never a fan. I'd never been to a wrestling show. I didn't even really know what it was. 
Um, but she got the tickets. She got the tickets to work. So I'm like, here, you and your father go and have fun. And, and we went to what was called the Fleet Center, which is now referred to as the TD Garden. And I really mm-hmm. miss it calling the Fleet Center, but semantics. Um, <laughs> so we went and it was it was a um, it was one of those like VIP things where you're like you're up on like the way up high and you have like a uh, uh, like a like a, buffet, a little mini buffet with you. And it was, you know, it was, it was it was decent seats for like going to an event but like seeing anything you were like way up high in the nosebleeds but in any case um so me being naive there was a segment during the show that was not on tv it was a smackdown so it was taped and i was waving to someone who was on the stage and i don't know if they saw me or whatever the, the kiss was but long story short i was enthralled by it and then i'm like oh maybe i can see myself in the show when i go watch it Friday because you know taped on a Tuesday and then you know came up on a Friday so I'm like oh let me see if I can watch myself on the show and then I couldn't obviously there was no way I was gonna be able to see myself but as as it progressed I started getting into the show I started getting into the characters the action I'm like oh let's see oh there's raw oh okay. oh there's pay per view and then it just it just snowballed from there. All right. So relatively new fan then since so, since you know really when you're looking at it I guess not really when you look at it because it's been about 20 years and if it was the year 2000 but you know when it, when you you know, when you, when you talk to any wrestling fan, they're like, yeah, I've been watching since the 1950s. Dude, you're like 30 years old. That's not possible. <laughs> but, um, no, but, I, but I, I pride myself on being a historian because I, once I got really into it, like in like 2006, 2007, I dove deep. Okay. And I mean like everything. So I watched like, you know, the old NWA tapes, the AWA, WCCW. I watched as much, like I super nerd. So even though I got into the game late as far as watching it, I can have a conversation with someone about like when Harley Race fought Ric Flair at Starcade, you know, the very first Starcade, and just remember the emotion I saw. So, um, okay. you know, I can hang out with the with the nerdiest of them all as far as the wrestling stuff goes. All right, I like it. I like it. So you dove you dove right in head first. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I I guess with with this question then you know out of out of the time that you've watched or maybe even going back and kind of taking a deep dive in. What's some of your favorite me- like what's one of your favorite memories or what's one of your favorite moments? I guess of of um you know becoming a fan or you know something you've seen or watched or maybe you've been there live uh for selfish reasons the very like not that smackdown but the first show after that when i was actually a fan um i went with i went with my dad to the 2003 royal rumble uh that was that was a very fun one not just because of the quality of the show but obviously like it's a pay-per-view it's a bit it's not just a regular tv it was a really big special moment for me first you know going with my dad is a whole other bit and uh uh, that that holds a special place, obviously. Uh, as far as being a fan at that time, um, I didn't realize the significance of it or the impact of it. But when Shane bought WCW, yeah. quote unquote. Um, that was, you know, I stayed up late. I remember like sneaking in, like and staying up past like ten thirty, and making sure my parents didn't hear me like watching the show. But I didn't really like put in the significance, like holy crap, this is actually happening in front of me. That was a big one. Um, you know, just experiencing it as a fan myself, and then of course going, you know, this is more recently. But attending my first WrestleMania was also just, it's an experience in and of itself. And, and if anybody's had the chance to go or has not had the chance to go, I encourage you to try to go to at least one. It is insanely amazing. All right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally get that. So like, um, I mean, you mentioned a lot of definitely big moments there. And I, you know, to your point, I've, I would have loved to, I, I've been to a WrestleMania. I would love to go to a Royal Rumble. That's something I would love to be there live for. I mean, Royal Rumbles are my favorite pay-per-views. So um, you know, I, I'm a little jealous that you that you got to go to one of those. So, um, 
has there ever has there been anything that's happened over the years that's kind of made you question your fandom, especially since you're kind of new into it? Like I can see during that period of time in the in the 2000s where it might have been kind of easy for you to fall out of it because they definitely would have given you a lot of reasons from that time frame on really to uh to to really i don't know sour on the business yeah so, uh... no no it has and it's funny you say that because um for those who don't know i i actually had the the youtube channel that i have currently is actually the third version of the channel and um there's been the one time where it got hacked and then the other time it just uh it got shut down but after that in that time frame in between like before i really started going like more full dive and like the podcast and stuff like that i definitely fell out i would say like 2009 to 2011 was really it's not that i let me rephrase that I didn't completely keep like my eye off of wrestling. I still generally knew what's going on, but I did not watch Raw and SmackDown regularly as much as I do like now, um, or in the last couple of years. But yeah, that time frame was kind of just like a weird like lull where just like eh, okay, sort of the similar stuff. Like nothing was really like groundbreaking or changing or anything that really caught my eye. Um, you know, so pay per views every so often, but really that was kind of the lullish time because I feel like just there really wasn't any reason for me to really get heavily invested into it i'll put it that way okay and that's only makes sense was there what what kind of maybe brought you back into it um good question (laughs) no no i um i didn't even have that one prepared that just came off the cuff so (laughs) no no it's it's a good question you know what i'm not sure i think it was just kind of I think at that point they were kind of blending the shows back and they were kind of putting raw. I think that was when like the raw super show was happening. So raw and SmackDown were kind of being blended together. So it's like, okay, so they're not doing a brand anymore, which means that you kind of have to tune in to see like what could carry over it. And I never really, you know, kind of majorly exposed to that because when I got into wrestling, the brand split was somewhat relatively a fresh thing. So having the, having the shows being blended together kind of was an interesting, you know, unique concept, even though, they had done it for three years prior but yeah i guess that would kind of be the the, the major thing and then just kind of oh let's see what's happening oh let's see what that's oh okay and i think also the the um the involvement of the internet you know and and the internet really being so heavy at that time it's like man you can get your fingertips on anything <laughs> anything and that kind of yeah no yeah, nah, no kidding and then just kind of deep diving deep into the rabbit hole all right, all right. So, out of what's going on right now, what shows are you enjoying the most? Like, out of, I mean, there's a ton of wrestling on TV right now. So much content out there. So, yeah. what, what's catching your eye? Um, right off the bat, NWA is my favorite out of everything, and I know that it, which is not usually the most popular answer, but um, and I know it's not technically on TV per se, but um, NWA is my favorite just because it's a mix of what I love. It's a mix of current stuff and old school. Um, AEW is obviously a fresh like a nice little change of pace mm-hmm. um nxt obviously i mean the for me the, the the takeovers are obviously more you know it's it's this it's a standard typical fan answer of like i like nwa AEW, nxt takeovers one smackdown I'll, i'm still obviously keeping an eye on for certain things and obviously uh, reviewing for you know but um but definitely uh nwa aew and nxt at the top okay. three all right so you know you mentioned Raw and SmackDown, you got it, you got your thing. So 
who are some of the characters or the gimmicks, if you will, that that have kind of caught your eye? Like, who are you watching for? Um, I'd be lying if I said I would uh, wasn't still watching SmackDown for the Fiend, even though. And I don't want to get into this too much because that'd be too much time. Uh, about what happened with him and the title and all that stuff—that's a whole other. <laughs> we had for another that's a time. whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, it's it's going to be this week's. It's going to be yeah. this week's. Um, you know, the the fiend is so unique and so different that it still captivates me. And even realistically, you know, going to what happened with him with the title, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I was pissed like everybody else. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I want to see how they're going to get out of this. I want to see how they're going to get you know get out of their corners. I'm obviously a sucker for comedy, and so like New Day still captivates me. The tag team scene over on SmackDown still captivates me. Raw, it, it's kind of not as much there. I mean, Orton's really the big thing for me on Raw, um, and, and the rise of like um, Andrade and some of the 205 guys, 205 live guys. They're now starting to interject, like Humberto uh, Garza and Buddy Murphy. So there's there's certain smaller like other characters that maybe aren't getting a huge focal point right now that I'm like really liking um, as far as the major shows go. Yeah. Okay. What about on uh, like who do you got your eye on like with NXT and AEW? Uh, NXT definitely love me some undisputed era. Love me some Batista. Yeah. It's it's hard to there's so many people there to not like you know or not, not like yeah. you know what I mean like there's so many. Uh, great wrestlers and great, but for me, like Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, those are pro- probably the big ones I can think of mm-hmm. off, off the top of my head. Other than that, I would say for AEW, um, ah oh, man, MJF's the best. He is the best thing about that show. I'm sorry, like there's no no fans are, but he is the best thing about that show for me. Um, like I love me the tag team scene over there. Uh, again, same thing. Same thing. Like um, it's the same thing. Like NXT. There's so many right. good people over there, and so many different characters to really enjoy. So it's hard to pick just a few. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the Random Wrestling Podcast. So how'd you get started with that? I have. I really don't think they know who the hell they right. signed. Um, so what happened with that was I literally just reached out. I reached out to them and uh, I said, "Hey, my name's Okay." my youtube channel and uh you know hey love to be on your platform and mike weber the ceo emailed me like the next day he's like can i talk to you in two days on the phone i'm like uh sure like i was gonna flabbergast like the ceo like freaking reached out to me so he talked and he said he was such a down-to-earth guy he was very very down to earth talked about it for a while got the history of the fight you know stuff and like i said this is right before this is right before all in to like 2018 and he brought me on board and we ended up working out a deal for a weekly show that's awesome man. and it, it 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 was a hell of a deal um and so what happened was i was kind of a little conflicted about what i wanted the programming to be so i had to restructure a little bit and so i reached back out and said hey i want to do something a little different i said what if i brought the random wrestling podcast over there and they're like love the idea told them that and like boom so in january we've been running the podcast that's, awesome, since. that's really good that's i mean that's that's crazy how things like that work out and and you've had some some guests on there too like um you know i, I you've, you you kind of clipped together a little bit for your intro so how have you been able to book some of those guests they, they help you out with that on fight or is that something you've done on your own by reaching out to people no, no disrespect to fight, but all the all the guests have either reached out to me or I've reached out to them. Um, so it's oh, it's been a awesome. very it's been a very direct thing. 
like for example, Bill After, I worked with him on one ride for a while. Bill is, I consider, he's such a sweetheart. He's he's a very good friend. I love to death. I've done a bunch of shows with him before. Um, he, I, I remember WrestleCon. He was the only person I cared about seeing. I didn't care about any other wrestler. I just want to see Bill After. Um, but like, um, like the others, I just I'd reached out directly and either done like a mini interview with them or done a voiceover. Hmm. Um, you know, and like uh, I had. Uh, just had Chris Van Vliet on recently, who's been doing interviews crazy, like Alicia Toot. Uh, we did one with uh, Andy Green, who just got assigned to Evolve. Uh, we did Mike Mike Quackenbush, Brian Malonis. So it's it's been it's been able it's been fun to be able to flex the interviewing uh, muscle that I don't usually get to do often. And uh, I won't say too much, but I know there are going to be more coming. I just haven't finalized anything yet. So looking forward to All it. Right. Awesome, man. All right, so I mean, you put a lot of content content out there. You've you've watched a lot. You've deep dived into a lot of things. So I think you're uniquely, oh, man. If I could talk, <laughs> I think you're uniquely qualified to be able to answer a question like this. So, okay. what, what do you honestly think that the biggest challenge facing the wrestling industry is today? Ooh, um, I, that's that's tough. Because you can look at that from well, it's not because you can look at it from so many different ways. Like right. if you're looking at it from, because right now wrestling itself in general is it in a great state right now, um, because of the indie boom. Like the indies are just doing so well, and you know when we talked about Fight TV a moment ago, and how there's other streaming platforms and companies are making great money, and, and everyone's getting great work. And, and at the end of the day, that's the best. You know, at the end of the day, when when you have wrestlers who are able to make a living at different areas and different places it's the it's the best thing um if we're looking if we're looking the biggest you're saying the biggest thing that wrestling can do to make it better yeah so like what what, what do you think's holding it back like you know and and honestly it's a it's a down time but i feel like i feel like fans mm-hmm. honestly have such a negative view of like things that are going on so to me that that's a challenge because you know, you, you have all these fans that have all these opinions and there's so much negativity towards a lot of the product that's out there right now. Right. I think, re- I mean, sadly, I don't think that's just wrestling though, either. I don't think that's it's true. just limited to wrestling. I think that's in general. Um, I mean, hell, how many times do you now see people? And maybe this is just me being, me being observant of the world. I feel like people tend to complain generally more or they don't yeah. get what they want. Um, not, not to say that I am, you know, innocent of doing that. Believe me, I am. Um, but I think to, to, to kind of, to really boil it down, and this might be a simplified answer, uh, make wrestling mainstream again. And that's, that's a, that's, that is a very complex answer. And I don't even know how you'd really go even start going about that. But I think that if you wanted to overcome the hurdle of what wrestling you know, was or the, the the quote unquote downfall of where it was at as far as its mainstream level to get back up to there would be huge. But at the same time, it's like, well, from a business standpoint, WWE's been doing more money than ever before. So it's right. it's a it's a weird like, I, I it's a weird balance of a question. Like, if you wanted to get it back to where it was, the Attitude Era, making it more mainstream and more topical and more relevant, and having stars that can attract more than just hardcore fans would probably be the big thing but at the same time it's like sweet saudi money Woo! like it's 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 
it's it's a hard it's a hard balance but like yeah it's, that's probably what i'd say all right so in in your opinion too because you know you watch a lot of old school stuff where storylines mm-hmm. have taken a long time to to really play themselves out um where nowadays it seems like things kind of end almost too quick so do, you, do you think when it, at the end of the day do you think like especially with like ww with their creative do you think it's really that creatives that bad or do you think fans are just way too impatient to see things through i think it's a mix i think that um i think it's honestly a mix because you have to remember too that um the style of wrestling has changed and that does that that does kind of work its way into the creative a little bit i mean you know, that's that's one of the biggest concerns with Ring of Honor was at the beginning where you just have these people going like nuts and doing all these crazy spots and stuff. And just it's like, OK, well, now what? You know, and people become desensitized to things. Um, in fact, I think Undertaker even did an interview about this thing. Like, you know, you guys, you get guys who are doing like, you know, a backflip, and you know, a, a superplex and then a 450 flash. And then you do like two somersaults. It's like, well, you do that three times in a week, you know, three times a week they're going to get bored of it quick. And it's like, well, now what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to get them to react anymore. So to go back to it, um, I think longer storylines, it, it's part of creative because on one hand, I don't think they know, I don't think they're booking long-term or very long-term. If at the most three months, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, not every, not every wrestling angle needs a long-term one. You save a couple of them and you, you kind of, lukewarm test and see where it can go like obviously the fiend right. was the biggest one that i think they've done longest and i i, I dare test that to more of why than maybe perhaps the creative team's ability but but i think it's a mix i think it depends on the person it depends on the angle um but i i think it's a, a mix of both yeah i can agree with that i mean there's definitely so much out there too that i mean it's like it just <laughs> i don't know there's some good stuff out there. Like I think the Randy Orton Edge storyline, I think is is great right now, right? And that's yes, yeah, that's another great example. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 that's a great one. And even you know when you talk about like when what you're talking about with what the Undertaker was saying, I have that problem sometimes with with guys like the Young Bucks and and stuff like that. It's like okay, you know, the more you see them, and that was like my concern with AEW having a regular TV show. Is you got mm-hmm. these guys who are basically indie wrestlers that are going to be doing this on TV week after week after week. Like your your hardcore audience might enjoy it, but some people are just going to get bored of it because you're saying the same shit and you're desensitized desensitized to it. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. That's why I was like a big fan of the X Division and TNA because what you did was you took those guys, you put them into a basically a, a, like i don't say glorified right. but a higher echelon a higher platform cruiserweight division but you treated it with the importance that it gave and it was a nice balance of everything where you're like okay there's not really a weight limit to it but you, you knew what you were getting into yeah and you know that that's was kind of the unique thing to me about that but you're right like, if it's done right and it done well long-term storyline booking can have amazing payoffs you know um right. this aggression era is something i grew up in and that moment when Batista put his thumbs down and betrayed Triple H and Evolution like right. finally split split. Man, I mean we all saw it coming, but like ah, oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. We were just actually talking about on last week's show because they have the Ruthless Aggression documentary out there. So Kevin, who's a, a part of the show with me, he and I were actually in the audience in Cleveland for the birth ah, of Ruthless Aggression. That's ah, oh, that's awesome. 
and it's kind of funny because it's like we had gone we've gone to so many shows and it's hard to like remember some of them and then like i'm sitting here watching i was like wait wait we were we were there (laughs) (laughs) and i I, like i had to text him i was like wait were we there for that he goes yeah dude we were there for that i was like yeah we were weren't we because i just remember i just remember the the thing i took away from it most was booker t and gold dust had a had a good story going on the time and i remember gold dust getting on the microphone and saying uh booker t and i we are the boys hell we're practically married and then booker like no we ain't married man (laughs) there's so much from the ruthless aggression era that i genuinely loved um and that's why when i heard that when i heard them like doing that like the series i'm like uh yes please sign me up right but yeah i've been to so many shows now it's hard for me to remember all of them but i've been to pretty much um you know we talked about earlier like almost all the major all the big fours so um it, it's just nuts how many shows I, I you know i just and i'm gonna be SummerSlam weekend too yeah mm-hmm. that's awesome so i, I you you said that you're at a you've been to wrestlemania correct yes all right so Ke- kevin makes me ask this question to everybody because he wants to know um so you know it could be the one that you've been to or it could be uh, another one but what was, what's been your favorite wrestlemania so obviously for selfish reasons as far as like you know obviously experience which is funny because a lot of people crap on the one that i went to which was 32 um but okay, what's, uh, you cut out for a second which one was it oh sorry uh the wrestlemania i went to was wrestlemania 32 32 okay yeah but, but that's for selfish reasons because i was obviously there and you know blah 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 but Right. As far as a fan, seventeen. You can't touch seventeen. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I I actually was watching it a couple of days ago, and the the card was just so stacked. Yeah. You had Kurt Angle and Benoit. You had um, the culmination of, of China coming back and winning the uh, the women's championship. Taker and uh, Triple H. Yeah. You had uh, Austin and Rock. I mean, there was just so much and then the gimmick battle royal who doesn't love a good old-fashioned gimmick <laughs> battle royal yeah i mean like come on. hey listen a chance to hear bobby heen on commentary in 2001 oh, when he was oh, having fun so is, is is a smile in my way yeah exactly so good. so good i miss bobby like listening to old matches and hearing bobby heen and like one of my favorite things is when uh wwe put out that match between bret hart and tom mcgee the best part about that is it was a match that i'd never heard bobby heenan commentate on before so it was like it, you know you, you and it was just just hearing him do his thing again was just amazing to me and i loved it and it was it was new which to me which was which was awesome he was so good because he was so funny obviously like him and gorilla and even without gorilla like when he was just doing his own thing oh, yeah. but he knew when to be serious and he knew when to inflect the right moments my favorite was um my favorite was when sean trade marty Janetti and uh, uh i knew he throws up yeah, well, no, he keeps he keeps saying that, right? He does like, oh, I knew he was gonna do that, but then when he throws him through the window, <laughs> Keenan goes, "See, look, he tried to jump out the window and escape from him." <laughs> I'm like, you dick! <laughs> oh man, that's great. All right, so the last question I ask you: so, what's the mm. future looking like for for OK Fabe and the Random Wrestling Podcast? Where are you planning to take it from here? Ah. Uh... So you know what the the sky's the limit, man. Um, I I'm really enjoying you know I'm really enjoying where I'm at now and you know fight's been great to me. I, I was able to upgrade the production obviously if you've seen some of the episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which which has been very convenient and handy. So I mean, 
ultimately I'd love to do some sort of like giant meet and greet uh, and do one live with people having or having more like revolving guests in there. But but really the big thing for me that I really enjoy the most of the whole thing is is getting in a chance to to other people and you know giving them a chance to kind of maybe use my platform to to get their name out there even more you know yeah. uh, i have no problem you know, sharing the spotlight i have no problem with that at all i try to help as many people out there as i possibly can because i i know how much of a struggle it is to to be like you know start off with basically no subscribers no followers nothing and then <laughs> you know um you know so if i can help out anybody else i'm, I'm all for it you know that's great man i really appreciate you helping us out and coming on the show today uh, I want to thank you again for be, for being our guest today. So, you know, uh, oh, man, I, I totally just botched my own outro. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, leave it in, leave it in, leave it in. It's always it's always fun to do it that way. Yeah, right. All right. So, Connor from uh, Connor OK Fabe from the Random Wrestling Podcast. I want to thank you again for being our guest. So, make sure if you haven't already, check out the Random Wrestling Podcast. You can find it on Fight TV. Uh, actually, why don't you tell them where where, where all can they find you at? Of course. So you can, of course, watch the Random Wrestling Podcast. It's free on Fight TV, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern every Sunday night on Fight. Uh, but of course, it's also available the next day on all major podcasting platforms. But if you want to hang out and just shoot the breeze and tweet with me, you can also follow me on the Twitters at OKFabe as I live tweet during most of uh, almost every wrestling show, which is every single day because there's no break in wrestling. Wait, thank you again uh, for finding the time to join me this week. I really do appreciate it. It's time to return the show. Mike, Kevin, and I are coming back to close us out strong. So we will uh, hopefully talk again soon. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, and we're back. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with OK Fabe. I hope you guys check out his content on Fight.TV. It is free to subscribe on that, so that's part of it that you don't have to pay for. And you can also download his podcast on Apple and just about anywhere else you can find podcasts. But let's go ahead and jump right into the hot and cold segment. So if you're new to the show, basically what we do here is we have uh, all the shows that have aired on TV this past week. And then we, we, we talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, if the show was hot, if the show was cold. Although it's really just kind of changed into Mike comes up with something outrageous to compare the show to. And then we just kind of play off that. So starting with Monday Night Raw. Michael, how'd you how'd you like it? Oh man, so uh <laughs> I, I hear it every, every time, time I hear it. Now. Oh, man. oh man. Oh man. So uh <laughs> raw raw was like if you if you had a foot fetish. What? <laughs> oh god. And, and you like you you know you, you get back to your place and she gives you her foot and you know, it's it's okay. It's it's you know, it's not hairy or anything, but it looks like she oh, forgot to like, fuck. She forgot to uh, trim her toenails uh, <laughs> recently. So you like you you're like okay, I, I really dig this, but you know, could could be better because I mean the edge in, in AJ segments was fantastic. Um, yeah, matches were decent. I, I am confused by the whole knock on come knock on my door thing. If you know all your walls are made of of curtains. Um, <laughs> And I mean, the women's tag match to build a triple threat match that's ever going to happen was real weird too. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really like mediocre foot. Mediocre foot. Okay. All right, Kevin. Got anything to say to that? Oh my god, this fucking disgusts me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, Mike. You know, at least when I go too far, I'm fucking tasteful. 
Okay. That's <laughs> well, first off, how, how don't even talk to me about tasteful. You talked about pissing in the shower before your fucking woman joins you. <laughs> Yet that's more tasteful than a foot fetish. Oh, I thought maybe you forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, look, look at him thinking he's Vincent Mann with his three month rule. Oh yeah. my god! It wasn't even three months ago. It was like maybe... I know it was like three weeks ago. <laughs> Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> um, but no. In all seriousness, um, I I wanted to actually ask you guys about the whole thing with uh, what you guys think of AJ's. I know you say you like AJ's promo, Mike, but like, what you guys think of the whole? I mean, you talk about really breaking kayfabe. I loved her. it. I loved it because he did something. A lot of people that... are really critical of it. I guess. Yeah. I, I loved it because it did something that's needed to be done for a while now, and he oh, humanized yeah. the Undertaker. Yeah, and, and that, he, that's he something. Said everything that... that everyone has been saying about the Undertaker past couple of years of his matches, so like it was just on point. And I, I get the, the hostility towards it because people were like, "Oh, well, you know, you're you're, you're breaking the, the magic that is Undertaker." Really, you can watch his fucking match, and he'll break the magic for you. Yeah, I, I think we're getting to that point where, and, and you know, credit to Undertaker, he's done a fucking amazing job as far as, like, being that character and everything, but I, I honestly, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because AJ is a good promo. I think he's actually pretty, he's a pretty underrated promo. A lot of people don't, you know, give him credit, and I, I just, you know, I love to see some more things with Anderson and Gallus involved with it, too, so... Yeah, uh, it, it, it's going to be whether it happens or not uh, a good build, and I really think it's going to. If the match takes place, I really think Taker's seems like he's getting into really good shape, and I hope it's going to be one of those great, like you know, twenty-five star Tokyo Dome <laughs> <laughs> Dave Meltzer matches. Which, so, speaking of this match, though, me and Jason have figured out and deduced yeah. why the choke slams have been so terrible. We've it's it's come down to two things: either A, because AJ wears gloves, he's just slipping off him, or B, it's because AJ's shoulder is still not 100, so he can't like hold himself up. He can't post because if you notice, like when when he tries to post on the Undertaker's shoulder, that's what his hand is slipping, and the Undertaker is kind of dropping him and having to catch him with his left hand. So AJ's not able to post. So yeah, that we were talking about that the other day while we were playing Call of Duty. Yeah, I think I think it's more or less like Taker's like, all right, I'm just gonna kind of do this, and you do the rest, whatever protects you. So I think it's kind of like, all right, I'm gonna go up at this point, and then from there it's AJ doing what he needs to do and landing how he needs to land. Right. That's what that's what kind of seems like. The one like in Saudi Arabia, like the more you look at it, the more I guess. The more I think about it now, that you guys are talking about it, that's probably that'd be my guess what they're doing. Yeah, because normally, like mo- most people that take that choke slam that are good in ring technicians will post their arm and like lock it. Like Triple H is is awesome when when taking the choke slam because he he posts his he posts his arm up there and gets like real high up in the air, and then Taker just kind of just lays him down really gently, but it just looks so cool the visuals of it. And I, I think AJ's tried to do that a couple of times, but I don't know if his shoulders just kind of given out on him, or it, it's maybe too painful for him, or something like that. But he, I, or or like like Mike said, maybe his hands just slipping, you know, with his, with his gloves and the sweat and stuff like that. But it, that seems to be more of what's going on than Undertaker just botching a move or something like that. So I think people have just been a little overly critical about it. 
I was gonna make a mad re- reference, Jason, to uh, <laughs> these, <laughs> these put sticker on <laughs> like <those> damn gloves. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Tony and uh, circa Madden two thousand and two. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really liked Raw, and, and Mike, you kind of brought up the Edge segment. My only issue with that whole thing is I wish they just would have built it up for the entire night and had it happen at the end. Like, I, I, I'm i not a huge fan of the fact that it happened during, like, the, the like before the main event and stuff like that. Like, I would have just rather the show ended with Edge just going fucking crazy and trying to kill Randy Orton. I, I agree. It, it felt like it just kind of hit and then it kind of just didn't like cement the way it should have because it was not at the end yeah i mean just like orton comes in they kind of you know go at it for a little bit and then it's like he he hits an rko on him out of nowhere it just that seemed i don't know it just, that seemed real weird to me that, that like, seemed like a go home moment like go off the air like you're done kind of thing like right yeah happens, then he like, looks crazy and then they look fucking little like Corner graphic comes up, and then next thing you know, it's Marm family on. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, weird. Yeah, it was weird. It it definitely should have been the way that the show ended. Not that the not that the tag match at the end was bad or anything like that. It just it just it just seemed out of place. It felt like the show just needed to be organized a little bit better. Let's be honest. The 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 tag match at the end was just yet another incorporation of what random four guys are going to have face. The Monday right. Messiah this week, like, oh my god, I almost want the, the disciples to break up just so maybe you'll get something interesting in the main event. And what about the uh, news? Uh, I believe is it Razor has a torn, it's, it's one of the two, has a torn biceps. Oh, wow, no, I didn't know that. I just heard that uh, the other day, so so that ex- so that pro- probably explains why they're not doing much with those guys in ring. So that yeah. that would make a little, I, more. I would say so, and I guess they were also told to. I think it was them to stop dressing like Roman Reigns. Really? <laughs> so that's why they're always in the suits and and we really haven't seen what their I guess ring gear is. But well, I guess... no, they they the last few weeks they haven't been in suits. They've been wearing the they've been wearing the pants, but they've been wearing t-shirts or with the pants. Okay, they, yeah. They've kind of gotten out of the suits over the last few weeks. Okay, I really noticed that much, but I guess because they they always <laughs> wear the vests. Too, right, yeah, right. So I guess they were kind of told, "Hey, stop looking like Roman Reigns." So. Right. Okay. All right. But, so yeah. So to Mike's point, I mean, the, if they just would have trimmed their toenails, then maybe they would have been feet he could come on. But they're not. So. All right. So let's move oh, on to shit. AEW. What what kind of fetish should we got with AEW? Oh, man. So. <laughs> so AEW is like AEW. Was like you, you get her back and then you take her shoes off and you, you look at the foot and you're just like something doesn't seem right and you're always that motherfucker has a six toe like and you're just like I don't know how to react to this it's like it's still you know I'm, I'm I should be into it but just this shit going on that I just I can't I can't wrap my head around like like for instance half of the Wonder Twins got fucking murdered by a really heavy door like what what. <laughs> Are you, are you was, kidding was, me right now? Yeah, that was. That is was it me? Or, is it me, or does Chris Jericho love saying shit? Oh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I think I saw in an interview that that's the reason there was like one other guy. I, don't, I think I can't remember who it was that like his gimmick in the indies was that he would like say shit a lot, and he's not allowed to in AEW because fucking Chris Jericho is using up all their shits <laughs> every week, all the fucking time. 
Yeah, it's either Chris Jericho or Hangman Page that will drop the S bomb somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, but I also love that fucking Adam Cole made more news in AEW this week than AEW did. That was definitely I like, you know, Britt's <laughs> like promo was kind of off, but like that was when Big Swole came out and said that, that was I fucking popped huge for that. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was. That was, that was uh, I'm married, baby. <laughs> yeah, I have to say this week, like AEW show for me and. It was um not so great. Really? Okay. Um, oh, wow. I the just, AEW mark has finally calmed down. Yeah, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was cool seeing like you know, all right, you know, Lance Archer came out and that's cool. I think that's going to be a great pairing with Jake. But it was just kind of like, oh, here I am. Right. Like, I wish they would have drawn that out a little bit more. Like that, <laughs> you build it up, and then he was just sitting in the crowd with Jake and literally did yeah. nothing. It was just like weird. I said, I think it's going to be cool and everything, but like it's just kind of like, oh, well, yeah, cool. Here I am. And then um, I actually thought the women's match wasn't that bad. It was probably one of the better women's matches that they've had on. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't too terrible for me. The other thing that AEW loves, and I think if AEW is going to create <laughs> another title, it's got to be a fucking six man title. They they love six six men tag matches, and God, do they love fucking factions? <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> there's so many goddamn factions in AEW, yeah. and and the intertwining and shit. Um, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but um, Moxley's sit down interview was kind of cool. You know. Yeah. Telling, hey, step up to the plate, bitch. <laughs> right. Line was good. So, um, yeah, I just, and, and just poor JR. I just, it's like he just doesn't, I know he loves the business, business and everything, but like, it just seems like he just doesn't get into it. Right. I think the problem is, and I think we discussed this before. Good point, you, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. That, that that was kind of a toss back to uh, to Tony Schiavone. Excellent oh, yeah. point, Jr. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go um, ahead, Mike. Great point. Great point. <laughs> like, hey, fuck me. My bad for trying to input. I'll sit here with my foot <laughs> finish well, right. bit and just you know, not talk the rest of the thing. Well, at least Tony makes fun of himself for that. Right. That's, yeah. that's right, Jr. <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like he's just not used to. To this kind of show, like he's used to all the storytelling and, and the fucking like entertainment side of it, whereas it's more of the sports side of it. So he's like still trying to figure out like how to kind of level himself to be like he was, while you know adapting to this new type of style of of show that they're doing. He's also said multiple times as well that he hates three man booths. So I think that's part of it as well. He he you know he prefers just himself with a color guy and not having that extra person. Even though Tony Schiavone is really just a hype man, it's still he hates having that third that third person up there. Yeah, and plus he he always talks about how he hates the spot where oh we're all fighting on the floor, fighting on the floor, waiting for the setup. And the guy dies on everybody. Well, I mean, WWE does it, but like AEW does it all the time too. Oh my gosh, all the time. So I don't know. I, I mean, I like you know, I like Excalibur. I think he's a, he's almost like kind of like the lead man. Really, right. think about it. Um, I would love to see more like Excalibur and Taz. Um, maybe have Tony do more of like 
the interviews like he's been doing. Like I think the thing he's doing with Britt Baker and stuff is pretty funny. Yeah. Um it is. but you know, maybe that'll kinda of lead into more of that role. But like I said, just Jared just seems like it's not a knock on him or anything like that. It just it's just like it, it sucks to see that. You know what I mean? Like I just feel like he's just there's not that JR excitement all the time. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I definitely agree. We've talked about it before. So all right. So moving on then to NXT. 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 Uh, here comes here comes the NXT fucking mark. Oh. Call me call me that- an AEW mark. <laughs> <laughs> He did, did kind of shit on NXT last week, so I'm curious to see yeah. how how his yeah. fetish is going this week. So, so, oh man, so, so. <laughs> I can't get over it. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's like the MOUSC. It's, it's a staple of our show. Eventually, if people actually buy our shirts, I'll make those too. Yeah, it's got yeah. A t-shirt. Oh man. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, so NXT was like you know you you call up your regular foot jaw booty call and she shows <laughs> up and you're just like Mike are oh. you trying to tell us something like <laughs> <laughs> and you're like I, I should really be enjoying this but it's just it's it's kind of just not what it's like how as good as it usually is like I don't know if she's just using a different moisturizer or uh, what it is but it's just not it's it's not the same caliber you're used to. Because, like, the the UE versus Dream build for Tampa, if it actually happens, I mean, it's it's it's, it's very EH, like it's it's very eh. And you you don't want to see Dream versus Adam Cole? Oh no, I want to, but I'm just like, it's oh, where's Dream going to hide this week in the arena and give a weird cryptic promo towards the entire UE? Yeah, like, well, I, I like last week was great because you know he beat the shit out of like all four members in, in that cage and everything like that. But this week is just like, oh, he's standing up in the in the fucking crowd and just cryptically talking to Adam Cole and the rest of the UE and talking about like it's just tights, Roddy, get over it, and throws them behind <laughs> him. Like I still love the idea and I still want to see that match, but it just. It, it, their setup for it isn't really doing it for me, and like the matches were solid. Like, really liked the. I didn't really care for the way the uh, Keith Lee match ended with uh, fucking uh, wannabe Kevin Nash coming out with that nightstick and hitting him. Uh, Dam- Damian Priest. Yeah, and then uh, having the, Damian Priest gimmick in the Indies was so much better. Punishment Martinez is such a better name. Oh yeah. Than Damian Priest. I'm sorry. <laughs> but sorry, go ahead, continue. Um, like that was just kind of dumb. Um I, I the best part of the night really was the end of it with the fucking Johnny Nofox just him and, and Champa going at it, fucking destroying mm-hmm. the performance center. I was surprised it's still like they were able to have <laughs> down there just two days right. before. And if takeover takes place i really hope that's the main event yeah i really do i feel like it would almost have to be even even with colon dream you got to put gargano and chomp on top you have to i mean they're they're gonna tear the house down i almost feel like you either have to have them end the show or start the show because if you put them anywhere in the middle anyone who's gonna come after that the crowd just could be exhausted yeah, I feel like they would exhaust the crowd if they started it, to be honest. So at least if they started it and then ended with Cole and Dream, the crowd could probably, you know, rebuild up by then. 
Or if they were like yeah. one match in between Cole and Dream, Cole and Dream would just be fucking crickets because the the fans would just lose their voices and I I think it's interesting that with them having Rhea Ripley be a part of WrestleMania, that they're doing a women's ladder match for the number one contendership. I think that's a that, that's a kind of a cool concept, and I'm really yeah. curious to see how that's going to play out and who they're going to have in it. And that's that's kind of the first time. Well, I guess Money in the Bank. Never mind. So there, there's been, but for NXT, that's going to be the first time they've had a, a women's ladder match like that. And after the I, the last like multi-person ladder match they had was the um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was for the North American Championship, and that's when like EC3 and Ricochet debuted, and that match was fucking amazing. So they definitely are going to have a, a high bar to try and climb if, to have that match, but I think it could still be potentially pretty good. Yeah, it, it should be pretty solid. I'm curious to see who uh, the rest of the people in the match are going to be, though. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, anything else about NXT that you want to talk about, Kevin? You got anything? Oh man. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, get your own gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gimmick um, infringement, right there. <laughs> all right. Well, since I am the historian, the show was kind of um, half shitty for me. <laughs> so, no, no. Uh, no, I can't really add anything to that. I mean, that pretty much summarizes it. I, I, I just can't. I don't know. With Velveteen Dream and Cole, it's a match I want to see, but it's just kind of a match that's eh for me right. as well. I'm okay. just not over the top. So you're 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 not you're not gonna be a big fan of Velveteen Dream's person that knocks off Adam Cole. No, I honestly, if if there's well, anybody right, fucking get on board because that's what's gonna happen, man. I feel like it's gonna happen too. They're gonna drop it to Velveteen, and then the UE is gonna show up on either SmackDown or Raw. Like, but I just hope not. Like, honestly, I rather like just keep it on Cole to like if they do, you know, take over SummerSlam, like put it on Keith Lee. By the, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I honestly think Keith Lee should be the next guy because he's so fucking over. But that's just yeah, it, I mean, though. You have the charisma of Keith Lee and just the weirdness of Velveteen Dream. Like, that would be a fucking great, like, build-up for a TakeOver SummerSlam or whatever. It can I be. Just, I, I mean, I feel like Dream's going to be a transition champion if he want it. Like, he's not going to hold it for all that long. I just don't I just don't want them... I just don't want... It's like, I don't want Undisputed Era to, like, leave NXT because I just... Well, I don't either because they're getting ruined by the main roster. Like, every I know. NXT I'm just so worried. Uh, I, I, I'm going to disagree with that because I feel like they're so good that they're going to get over no matter what they do. The, the biggest thing would be to keep them together though, for a long time, if they moved over to the main roster or something like the shield, like they need to be together for a couple of years before they, that's the problem. I think like, even like triple H has said, like Vince like hates factions, Right. So Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, he said on that, the ruthless aggression, uh, documentary so like that just worries me right. because as much as i think they would all you know I'm, you know riley and fish would be great obviously on their own as a tag team and i think roger strong uh, they would all do great like if they were all kind of somewhat even like broken up but they're just right. so fucking good together that would just worry me yeah they are they are I'd rather them stay in NXT than go to the main roster and be broken up like that. That just to me, they they yeah. 
that group belongs together because even as a faction, like, you know, Fish and O'Reilly have no desire. And it's kind of like with New Day, like, you know, they've worked so well because they they boost each other up, right? Fish and O'Reilly have no desire to to be singles wrestlers. They're they're a tag team. They want to stay a tag team. And then when you got a guy like Roderick Strong and Adam Cole, now Roddy could probably survive on his own, but he's much better as a part of that group. Oh yeah, when he, when he was he, on his he'd own, he'd be mid card city if he if they broke up. Yeah, when when he was on his own in NXT, now he he's great as a heel, and I feel like he would have a, a better time surviving on his own as a heel. But when they had him as a, like a white meat baby face, yeah, in NXT, it just wasn't really working for me. Like I, there just wasn't much about him that was really that compelling. But then when he turned heel, he started showing more of his personality, and I I love the guy now. Like he's, yeah. He almost need, would need, like, if he's, like, a heel on his own, needs somebody, like, you know, like, a smoking hot chick that, you know, would help cheat for him or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like, he almost yeah. needs somebody to second him, I think, would just help propel. Somebody, yeah, somebody, like, to watch his back, like, a heavy or something like that. Or yeah. not not necessarily to talk for him, because he can, he can talk on his yeah. own, but just somebody to, that, that can be there, right, to help him cheat and stuff like that. I agree with you there. Here's the problem. Both SmackDown Raw already have their their people who do that. You've got Seth with his fucking posse, and then you've got Sami Zayn with his posse. So, like, right. how many people with bodyguards do you need on your show? Hey, hey shout out to Sami Zayn, Loki winning the Intercontinental Championship. Right? It doesn't look like he's giving that to Nakamura. That's his championship. He's yeah. the Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> you can tell. I, I have a feeling that they're going to have a thing where Nakamura turns on him because Nakamura is either just really uninterested with his job at this point, or he's just like. Really side eye in the fuck out of Sami Zayn, like, hey, bitch, yeah, gonna, gonna give that back, right? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think Nakamura will eventually turn on Sami. So, but yeah, I want that because I love heel Nakamura. Yeah. Nakamura as a face just doesn't work, but well, fucking I, there's, heel Nakamura there's is great. There's a way though that they could work it out to where Sami end up being the heel, though. I mean, they, or Sami would end up being the face again, though. You know, they could, they can, Sammy can go either way. So yeah. they, they could definitely work that out to where you still have the heel Nakamura. Yeah, it, that's tough because, like, cause Sammy's so good as a heel, too. Right? Yeah, like, there's know, no go good scenario, way. though, because Sammy right. as, a, as a face is boring as fuck, too. So, like, I don't know. I, I like, I like Sammy as a face. Like, his, in N- his whole run in NXT, he was a face and he was, he was kind of the heart and soul of NXT. Like, he kind of took on that almost like Tommy Dreamer role in nxt where you like constantly wanted to root for the dude so he has the ability to be a compelling face he just wasn't he just didn't really work out the first time in on the main roster but i feel like he could he could maybe get some sim if he could get some sympathy on him he can do a lot with it yeah and like but like imagine the matches he could have in Nakamura. i mean nakamura's oh yeah de- nakamura's debut at nxt was against Sami Zayn. and that was oh, fucking shit. that match was fucking phenomenal that was a, that was a 10 star tokyo dome oh match. yeah oh amazing. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> without a doubt all right so moving away from nxt so the show that's going on now i know mike you had a lot you want to say about this so you either have a good fetish or a bad fetish for smackdown so let's hear it oh man <laughs> <laughs> so so smackdown it's like you you find this 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 foot and it's the foot you've been w- looking for for so long because every Friday night you just get disappointment after disappointment. You're like it's just, it's shaped nice, all the toes are like nice and evenly like in a row, and you know there's no weird toenails or hairs or anything like that. And 
then then you realize it's not attached to anything because it's actually from a mannequin. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, it was all a metaphor because the best SmackDown they've had in fucking months didn't have a fucking crowd. <laughs> like, I'm okay. sorry, between, between the, just Triple H just being hilarious the entire time and the shit that they managed to pull off with, like, the matches were still good, but Miz and Morrison without the fucking crowd were great. There's, like, if you don't think we're the best tag team ever, say something, and then they pause <laughs> if, if I didn't have the best movie ever, say something, and then they pause, and, and like, and then they start playing off each other, and they're like, "If we suck, say something." And no one says anything, but Morrison goes, "You suck," and he's like, "I can't suck because I'm not from Florida." <laughs> and, and they are like, they are basically just like the new male version of the Iconics. Like that—that's what I get from this, because they even got like their little pose they do, and yeah. it's like, oh, this is fucking gold. Um, but I, I've I've loved everything I've watched of this this week's SmackDown so far. I, I, if they have to do like the next six months at the Performance Center with no crowd, I'm okay with it. It's been more entertaining than SmackDown's been and since fucking last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Jason texted you know earlier about Triple H and and we talked out fair about him. Like, I, I mean, Triple H was just fucking gold. Yeah, on the yeah. show tonight. Like, like I honestly, I think he needs to replace Jerry Lawler on fucking Monday. Like, <laughs> you just have him bullying Byron every fucking week. Um, but especially Cole, he loves fucking bullying Cole. Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. more than anything. I mean, the whole thing with Mojo, <laughs> and then come on, oh, Cole, get hype, bro, get hype. Bro. <laughs> well, that goes back because back when. Michael Cole was just an interview in the back. Like that was around the DX era. So that's what they did is they tortured Michael and, Cole. Right, Cole yeah. mentioned that when Triple H hit the fucking camera. He's like, What are you doing? He's like, What? We're short staff, Cole. <laughs> I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> but I'm sorry. The fucking thing with him and Mojo. Cause he was just sitting there, like, just like all you know, not moving. And Mojo's right. going crazy. Come on, Cole, come on, Cole. And they just start fucking jumping in and doing it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been great. Also, I, I just want to point I out that to watch it. Uh, Jason, your boy Corbin is so terrible being a heel. He had to fucking steal CM Punk's like whole bit against Jeff Hardy. Oh. I, I'm sorry. Wait, when Jeff Hardy and Punk had their rivalry years ago um, for the title and all that, and he did yeah. nothing but like I'm straight edge and you're a fucking drug addict and alcoholic, blah blah blah. You're gonna right. do all this. That was a hundred percent all Corbin did when he fucking confronted Jeff Hardy. Huh. All right. I, I love. I love how Elias was like, "Yeah, he Corbin sits here and says all I am is a gimmick." I mean, this guy's wearing a crown, calling himself a king. Like, <laughs> like he's a gimmick. <laughs> I mean, at least Elias can play the guitar and sing. I've never seen yeah. Corbin rule any monarch. So, <laughs> oh my god! And then oh, and then Elias gets up and plays the guitar and it, like distracts Corbin and Triple H's like. Oh, so that's all you gotta do to beat Baron Corbin. Just play the guitar terribly. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh my god. Oh, oh that's god. great. That's great. All right, cool. Um, I'm excited to watch her at the SmackDown then, so I can't wait. All right. So, anything else we want to say about that? No, I, I had my fake feet, so you, it's your turn. Yeah, my, right. my, my, my thoughts are empty. Like all the right. arena. Like the arena. <laughs> like the arena. All right. 
Well, let's go ahead and move on. Then. The, the last thing we do to end the show is we always do some sort of a history lesson with Kevin. He is a historian, so he likes to bring some knowledge. Sometimes it's just stuff that he, you know, randomly comes up with, and other times it's stuff that you know he really puts a lot of effort into. So what's it? What's what we got this week, Kev? All right. Well, the first thing I wanted to send out a little message first and foremost. Everybody out there, this whole coronavirus thing, freaking out about it. Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Um, you know, like Jason said earlier in the show, I think we need to live our lives. We can't live in fear. You know, if something happens, you end up contracting it or whatever, just take care of yourself. Everything's going to be fine. You know, I, I, you know, I think about you, Jason. I think about your family, even Mike out there. Hope you're, you know, everything's going to be fine with you guys. I know everything will be fine with us. So I just want, hey, Everybody, everything's going to be all right. So, well, thanks um, for that. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, um, shucks, you care. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I really do. So, Sometimes. I just, you know, between, you know, you got people like my wife who are hysterical and freaking out about this. And then, you know, like my daughter's like in the middle. She's like, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, mom freaks out and you're all calm and I'm like in the middle. That's how it should be. Well, you know, Hey, not that I'm not worried or anything like that, but you know, I'm you know gotta be positive about it. So I, I like that this entire history segment just turned into him burying his wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, she doesn't, she doesn't listen to the show anyway. So <laughs> until this week, she probably will. So right. Yeah, um, but no, I actually do have a little quick history tidbit. Do you guys know that Brock Lesnar has never been pinned on Monday Night Raw? Wow. We have to show up to Raw to get pinned. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but even back when he was a full-time wrestler in a period, yeah. he still was never can... pinned on Raw. Yeah. All right. A little, uh, little tidbit I came across. So, Has he um, ever been pinned on SmackDown? Um, I believe he technically has because um, if you look at uh, the Iron Man match he had against Kurt Angle, he was pinned during that oh, match a couple oh. times. And this is why he is Le Historian, because he yeah. just knew that shit off the top of his head. So yeah. credit to he, you for but that. He, but he actually, did, he, actually, he actually did win that match uh, five falls to four. Um, uh, Angle had the ankle lock on him for like the last two minutes of that fucking match. It was a great match. Yeah, um, I remember that. I, I know it's on the network. Go up and watch a great Iron Man match between Angle and uh, Lesnar. I want to say it was probably like two, that late 2003 would have been that match. So... Um, yeah, so he was has been actually pinned on SmackDown. So, all right, cool. Well, thanks, Kev. Anything else you got for us? No, that's uh, that's all for this week. All right, great. Well, hey, thank everybody for listening to the show. Hopefully, everybody is safe and healthy. Like Kevin said before, make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you get sick, make sure you t- see a medical professional. If you have contracted the virus, get yourself quarantined. Get your family quarantined out. Uh, to try and help the the spread from from going around and devastating America, uh, but you can also listen to all of our shows. So if you're bored, you're at home, you want something to do, just Google or check search Media Junkie in your favorite podcast app. You can find access to all of our shows like Rogue Agents, Why Are You a Gamer, Fanboy Fight Club, and of course the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. You can find information on all of the Media Junkie content, including our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Media Junkie, 
at our Twitter and Instagram at Media Junkie Vids. You can also interact with us, mostly me, on uh, on our Twitter and and Mike on our Instagram. Because Mike, Mike and I are not gonna take credit for some of this. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely no. That's mostly all Jason. Most yeah, me on the Twitter, Mike on the Instagram. You until can... I saw Mike and I hack it one time, we're like, hey, this is Jason from the Gimmick Mid Race Podcast. You fucking smirk. <laughs> Uh, but you can find those accounts at Live Your Gimmick. Uh, also, keep out, uh, keep an eye out. I should say we we are going to have a new Patreon page here launching very soon for Media Junkie. It's going to be called Advertise with Media Junkie. We're going to be offering affordable advertisement to any content creators out there that want to be able to advertise with us. Uh, we have tons of YouTube content, including Mike has a YouTube show called Modern Toy Fair. We have four podcasts. We have tons of social media accounts that we can help boost posts and different things like that. So we want to try to help our fellow content creators and being able to um, share your information and plug your stuff. And we're going to have some different tiers on there, but nothing more than $25 a month. So uh, definitely want to share out for your, that. Your, what you're working on. We don't share your information. We're not going to, you know, steal no, your yeah, identity. Right. Yeah, sorry. Your, your content. Yeah. The, the content. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. yeah. First of all, Jason's like, keep out. <laughs> and keep out, and we're gonna we're gonna get rid of we're gonna give out information. Yeah, and, and you need to correct that it's gonna be five podcasts because soon the debut of two dudes <laughs> one ring will oh, be happening. We had, we had our soft pilot last week, and oh, soon God. you'll have the whole thing. It was a mess. We didn't know what to do. We didn't have our format sheet like we do here, but you know, and yet it was get... still significantly better than most of our episodes. It was weird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hassles. All right, so uh, so yeah, so so definitely check out that. We're gonna have some different bonuses thrown in there. You can judge on Fanboy Fight Club, like Kevin was a few weeks back. So uh, I'm still waiting for my, uh, I'm still waiting for another invite. You know, no, I'd I'd love to have you back soon because we we definitely need to break up the monotony because we all we're all starting to hate each other over there. So. <laughs> Mike also creates some t-shirts that you can buy on tpublic.com. Mike, you want to talk a little bit about those? Yeah, go to tpublic.com, search Gimmick Minute, Media Junkie, Fanboy Club, Why Are You a Gamer, Modern Toy Fair. All the shirts will show up. You click on one, there'll be a little blue link underneath the design that says Volker Sunday Comics. Click on that, and it'll take you to my page where you get everything from Rock and Steady and Bebop's Knuckle Sandwich Shop, the Macho Mando uh and much much more that i can't think of off the top of my head because i'm never prepared but go give me your money if you have ever been a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan in your life the bebop and rocksteady knuckle sandwich shop is one of the greatest shirts that i own i'm just putting that out there right now but hey, I'm, thank- glad, I'm, I'm glad that jason uh took mike out of uh <laughs> plugging his for, t-shirt for jail this week so <laughs> yeah. go back Luckily, and listen to the last episode last week- the very yeah. next thing we did was Fanboy Fight Club, so I got to plug the shit out of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I, I, I put it I put it aside for Fanboy pretended like they were two separate podcasts since they are. So hashtag K-Fabe still alive. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and Jason's just happy that there was no fabe reviews on tonight. Right. <laughs> so Mike and I were not fucking tonight's surprised. Tonight's, tonight's show was way better. <laughs> tonight's show was way better. So all right. Hey, thank you guys for listening again. Subscribe. Make sure you share. If you're listening on um, Spotify, share with your friends, Google uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anything like that. If you do listen on Apple, leave us a five-star review if you don't mind. Thank you again for listening. Remember to be a fan. Stay healthy and always live your gimmick. Thank you and goodbye, everybody. Mm-hmm.